It would be a great understatement for me to tell you that I've enjoyed here this day because I've enjoyed it unspeakably. The things that I have heard, the things that I have felt, the things that I have seen have lifted my soul. It's been a glorious place to be. I love Brother Mark. I love his preaching. I'm not crazy about following him in <laughs> preaching. I had to do it a couple of times. You pray that the Lord would continue to bless because he surely has blessed. For Brother Mark was in 1 Corinthians 15, there's a verse there that is a sugar stick of mine. I don't know if all preachers have sugar sticks. You, you have some, but you may not call it a sugar stick. I call mine a sugar stick, and the reason that I do is because every time I go to it, it's sweet. Every time. Amen. It never fails. Amen. It's found recorded in the 52nd verse. And it's not my intent to stay in 1 Corinthians 15, but if that's what the Lord would have us to do, then we'll be submissive to that. What Brother Mark has preached to us needs nothing added to it. But we will never preach out the doctrine of the resurrection. No, sir. A lot of times we reserve it for certain times of the year. And I'll tell you, we ought not to do that. Over the years in my ministry, I've had people say, why do the primitive Baptists talk so much about death and dying? because we're not afraid of it. Amen. We're just not afraid of it. Paul says here, and I'm going to read the 51st verse. He says, Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And I love the fact that Paul spoke about the resurrection is that it was nigh unto him. He expected it perhaps to happen in his lifetime. I submit to you this evening, that's the way we should live every day. Amen. We should be looking forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior Amen. Jesus Christ. If he chose to come back right now, I'll see my kids and grandkids in glory. Amen. That would be just fine with me. And I think it would be with you. Yeah. I'm not crazy about the process of dying. I know enough about it. I've seen enough about it. It's just not something that is natural. But aren't you thankful that we have the doctrine of the resurrection by the inspired word, the inspiration of God in our presence. He was willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. It's one thing for it to be true. It's another thing that by his mercy he's given it to us. That we have it here. So we talk about death and we talk about dying because we get to talk about the resurrection. Amen. Paul says, in a moment, this is the one I like. Brother Mark glanced at that clock way too many times. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Mounts deals with that word moment, and he defines it as an indivisible period of time 
and it's uninterrupted. I told Brother Philip at lunch, I can't wait to see my Savior when He appears. Second to that, I can't wait for there to be no more time. Time is a nuisance to me. (laughs) I could have sat here all evening and listened to Brother Mark preach. But time causes us to do things that the spiritual man, the new creature, really pushes against. It's time is for our carnal condition. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you know, people read that and they say, well, we need to measure the moment and we need to measure the twinkling of an eye. How fast is the twinkling of an eye? I submit to you, there is no measurement to it because when Christ comes back, time ceases to be. How long is the uh, the resurrection going to take? I can't answer that because time has ceased to be. It will be entirely orderly. Entirely orderly. Our carnal nature likes to look at things and slice it and dice it and, and say, well, this is how it's going to be. And let me, uh, let me paint this picture of it, create this image to it. Uh, listen, when the Lord comes back in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, instantaneously, we're going to be changed and time ceases to be. We will forever be with the Lord in eternity. Amen. I look forward to that. No more clocks. No more clocks in heaven. A little bit further down, let me get the other side of where Brother Mark was at. And then if the Lord will see fit, we'll go to uh, one other place. Thought that's on, I believe it's on my heart this evening. The 57th verse, the Apostle Paul, right up the tail end of where Brother Mark left. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful tonight? That we serve God from salvation, not for it. Yes. Amen. He, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Amen. We have a hope that is an anchor of the soul. And it is both sure and it's steadfast. That's right. And the reason that it's sure and the reason that it's steadfast is because it's on the other end of the chain, if you will. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had entered to that within the veil. We serve God not for salvation. We serve God from the posture of from salvation. That's the difference between truth and error. If I can sum it all the way down to there. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Brother Mark, there's a lot for us to do. And what prepares us to do it is to be steadfast and unmovable in this blessed truth. Amen. This is our hope. Apostle Peter says he was begotten again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He was was elevated from his position of lowness, if you will, because of the things that that were upon his heart, the things that he had done um, in in his life as he walked with the Lord and he betrayed him and all of it. Peter was at the lowest low. And I'll tell you, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead rekindled. Rekindled. Peter says, we are begotten again into a lively hope. Brother Philip 
uh, said we need to be lively stones. Why? Because we are lively stones. Right. We need to have a lively hope. Why? Because we are alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hope is not a wish. No. Yes. There you go. Hope is an expectation. I fully expect to be with my Lord when time is no more in heaven and no more to glory. Why? Because He's won the victory. Amen. We have a victory in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We had nothing to do with fighting the battle. And yet we have the spoils of victory. Amen. The spoils of victory in our hands. And from time to time he gives us the blessing like we've had this day. To see him high and lifted up. And if I'm not deceived that his train filled the temple this day. Throughout the day. Even in conversation that I would come up upon. What were we talking about? We're talking about the Lord. Amen. Talking about the Lord. I love three-day meetings. Amen. Oh, what an escape it is from this, this fallen world. People say, where are you going? We're going to Mississippi. Where? Swinger, Mississippi. Where's that? I don't know, but we're going. <laughs> what are you going to do when you get there? We're going we're to have church service. You are. You're going all the way to Mississippi church service. Yes, we're going to meet Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You are what? I said, I can't wait. I can't wait. And what a blessing it has been. And what a blessing I expect it yet to be. Yet to be. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. Here I go looking at the clock. But listen, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is certainly weak. And I understand that and I don't want to burden you. We've been fed wonderfully this day. I have been immersed in 1 John for the last few days. And I I ran from it in preparation for this meeting or in thought of this meeting. I kept running for it and it caught up with me and I'd run a little bit more and it caught up with me again. So I've just surrendered. But there's a thought here that I do not feel even remotely qualified to set before you. And I can say that about a lot of things in the Bible. There are things I do feel qualified to set before you, like mortality and depravity and <laughs> things on, on that order. I'm qualified to talk about that. There's something here that John sets before us that I would just like for you to think about for a little bit this evening as we bring this wonderful day to a close. And I'm going to jump right in the middle of the thought, and I don't know how much I'll say about it, but set this before you. In the first chapter, in the fifth verse. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And declare we unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. God is light. He's not a light. He's not a type of light. We know that Christ is the source of light. But John says that he is light. Brother Philip preaching this morning, talking about the lively stones, and he said something that just resonated in my heart so wonderfully where this is concerned. The reason that the stones are lively is because of the divine nature of the cornerstone. 
that we would understand that that is the nature that we have in the new man. Amen. We look at the experience of our lives much of the time and we measure it against the, the faults and failures and the frailties of this flesh. Because every morning we get up and look at it. Things like today and this weekend gives us an opportunity to look beyond the weakness of the flesh. We have heard a Christ-centric uh, message today, have we not? Amen. Every single message has pointed us uh, to the victory in Christ and to the person of Christ and, and uh, the, the fullness of Christ, His impeccable nature, right. His divine nature. I, can, I look at my life, I evaluate my life, I try to, uh, to walk as, as God would have me to and I fail miserably. But it's very rare that I, I give a whole lot of time thinking about the divine nature that is within. But it's there. It's there whether we think of it or not. So tonight as we consider the messages of the day and as we consider the victory that we have in Christ and that we consider uh, the seed which is Christ that is within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Those are not just words. <laughs> That's the truth of Scripture that Christ has taken His abode in our chase heart. And it was cut away from this flesh because it can't coexist. Righteousness will not cohabitate with unrighteousness. That's why we've got to lay this body down. It's not going to glory in its condition. It's going to be changed fashion of the likeness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to a new environment, so I've got to have a new body. This body won't survive there. In Him, or God is light. We, we read Scripture, same writer, God is love. We, we quote that all of the time. We sing about it. God is love. God is, is not a type of love. God is is love. It is His divine nature. We ought to be really thankful for that. Why did He foreknow us? Because He foreloved us. And He obligated, I love the way you put that, He obligated Himself. You know, we get the idea sometimes we can obligate God to do this or do that. We even think we can negotiate with Him. I'll tell you, we should be so thankful that God obligated Himself. And He predestinated that we would live with Him in glory, being conformed to the image of His Son when time is no more. Predetermine the horizon, if you will. And that's where we're all going. How? Why? Through and by the love of God. God is love. God is love. So John says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. I appreciate the way he he began the sentence. This then is the message. We have heard of Him and declare unto you. I'm not going to take the time uh, this evening, but go and read the previous verses. And John being an eyewitness of the glory of the Lord. He saw him with his eyes. He looked upon him, meaning he took a closer look unto that one which was before him. 
He handled him. He handled him. There was a time in, in Scripture, or in this particular time historically, there was uh, multiple heresies. You know, we get the idea, well, there's only heresies now in 2024. There were heresies at that time. Right. And they were terrible. Yeah. Every heresy terrible, by the way. But there were some that, that refuted that Christ was incarnate, that he came in a, a human body. I'll tell you, John spent, uh, spared no time refuting that heresy. Right, right. We heard already today that man brought sin into the world, and man, the son of man, had to take sin out of the world of his people. You see, we serve a God today who um, is wholly righteous. He is light. There is no darkness in Him at all. Uh, there's no uh, variableness of turning with Him. There's no changing His mind. I am God. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. There is no darkness in Him. And the manifestation of God in the midst of, of creation, as creation was being created, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. It didn't, that, that word was means to exist, to be. God was. A little bit later, speaking of John uh, that followed after uh, the Savior, was that means he was brought into being. There was one that bear witness. Right. In creation, something very interesting occurred. We all know that the, the account over in Genesis, that darkness was over the face of the earth. Darkness. And the creating of utterance of God, the Word, W-O-R-D, capital, W-O-R-D, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord, said, let. Let there be light, and there was light. And darkness comprehended it not. Could not prevent it. To this very day, darkness cannot prevent light. To this very day. That light that shined then yet shines in the world today, uh, sharing the, the glory, the joy, the love, uh, the, the, the things that are, are prepared for the, the saints of God. It's still in the world today. Amen. It sure has been in this place today. Amen. God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. You know, it's hard for our minds to comprehend, isn't it? Because we live our life, oftentimes, if we look through the flesh, there's darkness there. One of the evidences of darkness is that I want to run and hide. Light manifests. Light brings uh, things to, to the forefront. We've all heard the illustrations uh, that have, have been offered up. If you're in a room and, and it's, it's lit, and you look around and, you, and then you shut the lights out. There's a sense of feeling lost, even if you don't move. Even if you just stand still. Right. Darkness is fearful. We, we thrive in light. And God, 
John says God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. This light was manifest. You know, if you read 1 John, it's a really good idea that you get your other Bible out. I know we all have more than one. And open it up to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And particularly the first 14 verses. Read it all, but the first 14 verses. 1 John will help us understand that even all the more. You know, the beauty of that is you can read 1 John and you can go to the Gospel of John and John uh, in his Gospel helps you understand 1 John a little bit better. Yeah, right. They work together. That light was manifested. Came into the very presence of His creation. And without the light, there's nothing but darkness. You know, we live in a time right now that seems like darkness is celebrated. We live in a time right now that darkness will tell those that are living in light, listen, y'all just need to compromise with us. I want you to know darkness does not compromise and it's not asking you to compromise. It's asking you to surrender. God is light, and in Him is no darkness. None. Hard for us to think about that. Hard for us to to consider that. Because we're surrounded by by so much darkness. That's why meetings like here, that's why we wanted to come so bad. A place where the light is celebrated and it shines forth. You know, we're not going to live above sin in our lives because we drag around this carcass. The old man is fading away. The new man should be renewed every day, but the old man decays. We can't live above sin because of our carnal nature. But in this writing, in the second chapter, John makes a statement that's quite curious. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. That's not the end of his statement. But he makes the statement that living our lives in the presence of the light wherein there is no darkness, we can live our lives celebrating the light. And understand that when darkness comes in, and if ye sin, just what, this is what John says, and if any man of sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. The person of light. Yes, sir. We, have, we have the capacity to labor with everything in us that we would sin not. And what will help us do that the most is to celebrate the light that God has given unto us. Brother Mark, and I'm going to close with this thought. Brother Mark went to the account of the two men on the road to Emmaus. That was on my mind as I was sitting there listening to you preach, and then you took it, and I said, well, there it goes. It's still there. And perhaps the Lord will bless me to connect it with this, this thought. 
You know, the Savior walked with them and talked with them for a good while. And yet He didn't reveal Himself unto them. They were walking in despair as they were with the Savior. Think about that. They were walking despairing. They were sad. Their countenance was cast down. It was, it was a dark and dreary occasion in their experience. That was their experience. And it should have been the brightest light that had been known in the world up until that time. Because Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave and came forth just as He said He was going to. Amen. And you would have thought that those that had walked with Him would be um, on pins and needles just waiting uh, for Him to come forth as He told them uh, that He was going to. And then when the news even came uh, to them uh, and uh, Peter opened the door and the, the announcement was made and it was shut right there. We, we, we need to understand the light that we live in. We live, we are children of the day, not children of the night. That God would bless us to live our lives as children of the day. Seeking the the bright and the warmth. The warmth that comes from uh, that light that that comes from heaven. It will more to glory upon us. These two that were on the road to Emmaus uh, walking with the Lord. They were in despair. They were downtrodden. uh, Oh, we thought it was Him. We thought it was Him. You know, John deals with that, that little thought right there. Is, are you sure that it's him that you know? Second chapter, are you sure that it's him that you know? You ask people in the world today, you know, what, do you, what think you of Jesus? And you're going to get a whole bunch of answers. I submit to you, us asking the question of others is not the important thing. We should ask ourselves, who is Christ? What think you of Him? Whose Son is He? Is He truly the light that lights the path that I endeavor to walk in? You know, Christ, bless His heart, by the mercy of the Lord. <laughs> there was a point, a point in time and He knew exactly when He was going to do it when He revealed Himself <coughs> unto them. And their heart burned within them. Has your heart burned today? As the Lord has blessed the preached Word to come forth in power and demonstration of the Spirit and and the light of God has has illuminated and lit up us from the inside out. Has your heart burned? What will we do with the burn? We're children of the day, not children of the night. We should be watching with expectation We should be sober, guided by sound reasoning, expecting Him to come back. As Paul said, we shall all be changed. He said it as though it could happen tomorrow. When we talk about the resurrection, we talk about the blessing of the light of God in our lives, and we talk about His his return to take us home to glory. I trust that we would live our lives expecting for it to happen while we're here. We don't know when it's going to happen. And that's not the relevant point. But if we, can li- if we live our life as though it's going to happen today, it'll be a, it'll be a guide to our path. Amen. And that we would understand that we indeed are children of the light, children of the day. 
things are manifest before us with great purpose. Aren't you thankful that God has seen fit to bless us to even a little bit know the immutability of His counsel? That we might have hope. That we might draw strength from it. And that we might live our lives to the honor and glory of the Lord. God bless you, my brother. Amen. 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 Amen.